Simon and Hannah are going to help us to continue in our series of being led by the Holy Spirit. Let's welcome them. Good morning, everybody. (laughs) Not quite sure if it's just nerves or the Holy Spirit, but probably a bit of both now, because that was amazing worship. So thank you to Hannah and the team. Um, We feel very excited to share a bit about um, how the Holy Spirit has helped us with decisions, led us through um, just our life, our journey together, and that's very (laughs) off-putting. I think our our main um, thing that we want you to go away with today is feeling encouraged that you are actually listening to God, you are actually listening to the Holy Spirit's prompting more than you think you are. By no means do we have it sorted. No. Um, <laughs> um, and by no means do we want to just sit up here and say a whole lot of shoulds. You should be doing this, you should be doing that, or there should be no... I, see, I just said should, though. Um, we hope there is no guilt attached to what we're saying. We're just sharing um, from our life and, and what we've learned um, because we're at a ripe old age now. No, we're not. We're really spring chickens still. Um, but I want to start by sharing a, a story um, from when we were first married many moons ago. It's actually 15 years this year, which is Crystal. Crystal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> got it. You've got to do these things. Um, <laughs> And we were given an opportunity to go to um, Malawi um, for four months. And at the time, uh, we were just married and we thought, that sounds really good. And we found out a bit more about it. And it was a bit of an evolution, a bit of a journey, a step-by-step thing. I have family in Malawi and they had friends who'd started a a feeding project in in one of the little villages outside Lilongwe and... um, they just said, we need to go back to where they were from in Australia to phase, uh, fundraise and, and raise support and that sort of thing. Could we house it? So we thought, yeah, we can do that. Fine. Um, and then they said, actually, our parents are away at the same time. They um, run an orange farm. Could you just keep an eye on the orange farm for us? So we thought, yep. <laughs> we don't know anything about orange farming, but they have a manager. So we just said, Yeah. And then they said, of course, there's the project there. If you could keep an eye on it for us, that would be great. We have a manager, so it's just, you know, being there. So we thought, yep, we could do that. Um, And by the way, are you dog people? Because we've got seven dogs. (laughs) And we're not very dog people. We kill houseplants, if I'm honest. And we've had stick insects. That's that's where we're at with pets. But we thought, yeah, we could do that. There was another feeding project in and of itself. <laughs> um, but it, it wasn't... The point I'm trying to make is it wasn't a super spiritual, let's pray and fast about this. I'm not saying anything against praying and fasting. But for us at that time of our life, just the sense of adventure, probably a bit of naivety, we just said, yeah, let's go for it. And we got there and the people... We had a a couple of days with them. They downloaded their vision for the project. They said, get involved in it. Um, And we just went for it. In fact, Simon actually went back for his placement year in Bible college for six weeks. Um, And I don't know if you want to say a bit about that. um, Yeah, I went back a few years later. And just to see how this project had moved on from being 
you know, a, a couple of people helping to feed orphans who were starving um, to a, a it, it was on its way to being a, a sustainable, whole, holistic community project. They built a, a health centre, they um, were supporting the schools. One of the things that we um, helped to start up when we went for the first time was uh, just allowing senior uh, secondary school children to have bursaries um, to, to go to school. And uh, they sort of set that up. And there were youth groups as well. There were about nine youth groups, and there were about 300 young people spread around these, young, these youth groups. Um, and I went round with the pastor and the, uh, the abusa, the, the pastor and his, um, uh, his youth worker as well, and went round to all these youth groups and, and did a little talks. But anyway, they played a game, every single youth group, and we're going to play it now. You'll be pleased to hear. You thought you could just sit there, but no chance. So if you've got a Bible with you, then just give it a little wave. If you've got a phone with you, then that counts, but no looking at WhatsApp, okay? So <laughs> uh, this, this game, you've probably played it in different versions, but it's called uh, Bible Mwamba. And uh, Mwamba, if you translate it, means, uh, it means lifted up. It means heavenward. It means sky. It means upwards. It means waving. So lifting up the word of God up in the air. So when I shout Bible Mwamba, you all shout it back and you wave it up in the air. Are you ready? Bible Mwamba. Beautiful. And then I give you a Bible verse and it's a race to get it and then Faith will come with a microphone and you read it out. So if you don't really want to read it out, then don't shout too loud. But anyway, here we go. Bible Mwamba. Acts 8.26. Technology versus the written... Oh, look at that. We got over there. It was George behind. Oh, no, it's Paul, isn't it? (laughs) Got Paul there. Go for it, Paul. Acts 8 26. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Thank you, Paul. Um, The reason I was uh, drawn to this passage, because it did remind me a bit of our step-by-step journey of getting to Malawi. Um, It says, now an angel of the Lord said, go down to the south road. And then in verse 27 says, so he started out. And then down in uh, verse 29 it says, the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. And then verse 30 it said, then Philip ran up to the chariot, and it was sort of a no-brainer. He just, he just listened. He just said yes. And I, I think God changed our lives through going to Malawi. We have values and, and principles and, and things that we hold dear to us because of our trip to Malawi, and it wasn't a, this is right from the Lord kind of thing. It was just a step-by-step, step. yeah, we'll go. And actually, that's just what I wanted to share with you. Sometimes it's just a willingness to have a sense of adventure and a, a sense to say, yes, we're listening, we're going. Thank you. <laughs> we, 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 know, we noticed that uh, when, when couples come up to talk, you get... The kind of couples that come up and talk where one person will talk for about 25 minutes and then look at the other one and they'll add another 40 minutes and everyone else falls asleep. But we realise that we're sort of doing this, but we didn't know what to do in the transition. So if we get it wrong, then you'll let us know, won't you? Anyway, um, so I mean, it could just be mistaken for a, a sense of adventure. We do like to just go out and do things or, you know, just a yes attitude. But does God always want us to say yes to every good opportunity? Is everything that looks good from God? 
Bible and Wamba. Acts 16, 6 to 8. Uh, I reckon AJ got it just before. <laughs> Are you alright reading that, AJ? Alright then. Go for it, Donna. Run, 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 run. Here we go. So this is Acts 16, 6 to 8. Paul and his companions travelled throughout the region of Phrygia. Ah, yeah, it's a tricky one, and, sorry. <laughs> and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mesia, they that tried would. to enter... Bit- There's so many places. It's all fine. <laughs> Just say it with confidence. Nobody knows if it's right they, or they not. They tried to <laughs> enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mesia and went down to Troas. Round of applause for all of those. <laughs> not an easy one. Um, so, I mean, the thing is, not long before that, Jesus said these words. He says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded. Now, Paul's situation there seems to go directly against what Jesus said, doesn't it? I've always wondered how Paul stopped in that moment. How did the Holy Spirit stop Paul? Was he just sort of walking along and just, you know, hits this glass wall or, you know, like those bungee run things where he's just trying to run and can't get there? Probably not, but possibly. You never know. It could have been a direct voice from God, God saying, don't go that way, Paul. Possibly. It could have just been like a combination of events that sort of closed the way that way so they were forced to go the other way. But it could have just been this, this feeling in his gut, it's not right to go that way, I've got to go that way. We don't know, he doesn't expand on that. Um, uh, an experience that we had uh, that's sort of along those lines was uh, when uh, I was fresh out of college and I was applying for jobs on the South Coast, because we love the South Coast. Um, I'd uh, got a good degree and I, was, uh, I felt called into youth work and that had been confirmed at various points um, along the journey. And there was this one church and it was, it was really well recognised in the area. It um, had a, a thriving congregation, they had a good youth budget, they had a lively bunch of young people there and you know, the church had a, a history of planting churches in the area. So it was, it was a good, good church to, to go to. It all seemed like like good stuff. Anyway, I um, applied for this job and uh, got shortlisted, went for the visit. And it, if, when you, when you uh, get interviewed by a church, you get interviewed by umpteen different groups of people, um, including the young people, which is the scariest one. Um, and then I got offered this job, uh, you know, first job out of, out of Bible college. And you just think it's got to be God, hasn't it? It's just got to be God. All the doors are opening and it's a good thing. It's an opportunity to tell young people about Jesus. What could be wrong about that? Well, have you ever had that feeling in your gut, just that really strong feeling, this is not the right thing to do? That's all I had. All I had was this just not in my gut, that this is, this is not the way that I should be going, or that we should be going. And, um, I mean, you could put it down to nerves. I was, you know, it's a bit of a scary situation. But actually... No, I said no. And when we look back at it now, the story as it unfolded um, shows that that was the right decision. We went up to York, having vowed never to move up north. But anyway, we, we went up there. <laughs> we said it out loud, that's the problem. Um, anyway, Hannah, Hannah ended up having some really serious health issues. And the specialists that she needed 
were in Leeds and in Hull. You know, the, that's where they were in the whole of the UK. Um, the support that we had from the church in York, having, you know, we'd moved there maybe a month before, and the way they just embraced us and, you know, gave us a home in Hull when we had to go for a month to hospital over there and just, you know, loved us unconditionally. It was, it was quite phenomenal. Um, but anyway, you know, two years later, I bumped into an old friend of mine, and he'd taken the post down at the church down south, and he shared a little bit about what it was like. And it, it was, there was a, a massive pressure put on him to, to perform. And uh, as a single guy with his particular skill set, he was holding on in there, he was doing all right. But there's no way that with us, with a little baby Faith, uh, <laughs> no way that, that we would have been able to cope. If we'd have chosen that, God would still have been with us. But I'm glad that I followed that gut feeling, which I believe is God telling me not to go that way. See, God guides us, doesn't he? He knows what is best for us. We've just got to learn to listen to that. Whatever that way that he's speaking to us is, we've got to learn to listen to it, to feel it, to sense it, to discern what his guidance is. Because he's got a good, good plan for us. Transition. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. It's interesting you should say that, Simon. <laughs> Sorry, this is the bit we didn't practice very much. Um, it's very true that we've got to listen to our gut, but there's a there's a, a feeling on the opposite end of the spectrum as well that um, gives us an unexplainable and supernatural peace as well in the midst of nerves or un challenges or an uncomfortable feeling um, there is a, a peace that it's unexplainable um, there, there is a verse in do your thing oh me yeah bible on one bar you can do that no, it's fine. <laughs> sorry which one is it that one the 2 Timothy 1. I can't read the number, though. 2 Timothy 1, 7. 2, 2 Timothy, Timothy 1, 7. 7. <laughs> it's all going well. Brilliant. Good. Faith. <laughs> I would if my Bible did <laughs> They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. Two Timothy, one. <laughs> Who's got two Timothy? Oh, look at that. <laughs> For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. I love that verse, because... You could easily misread it and think, actually, I'm a bit nervous, I shouldn't be doing this, because the Spirit of God it is, doesn't give us the spirit of timidity. He gives us the spirit of power and love and self-discipline. But it's even within the nerves or the challenges or you know, stretching ourselves outside of our comfort zone. Um, for example, today... <laughs> This is very difficult for me in a lot of ways, uh, which is why I chose a book and not my piece of paper. Uh, I'm not speaking, there's not lots of notes, but this shakes less than a one piece of paper. Um, <laughs> um, in actual fact, when Mark asked us, I kind of assumed he was really talking to Simon, um, and no was in my head, although yes came out of my mouth. Um, so, yeah, I, I do believe that it was 
good to speak today, although it is very hard. Um, And even in that, the Spirit does comfort us. He does reassure us. He does use us. Um, Recently, I had a a second opportunity to just say a a couple of things to our neighbours. I'd missed an opportunity, actually, quite a a few weeks ago. But in God's grace, he gave me another opportunity to say something. And while my heart was hammering and I felt like this is awkward, I see them every day. It's one thing saying somebody to some something to somebody in a street that you probably won't see again, but it's quite different saying to a neighbor that you're going to see every day. They know we're Christians, but still to make that step and say something into their lives, say something that makes them really realize you're there for them, you can pray for them, you are have an open door, is quite difficult. Um, but even though I was nervous about that, I did, I felt an, an amazing peace come over me and a, a boldness that is unexplainable. And I was able to um, use that opportunity to speak to them. Good on you. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so... We really should have worked on those. Anyway, so when we follow God, it all just falls into place, doesn't it? No. <laughs> I mean, uh, you've just got to look in the Bible and see that it's a completely different story. You've got Paul. He ends up in jail twice. Uh, Moses, he runs away from Pharaoh. He meets God in a bush and he gets sent back to Pharaoh and then he escapes with a million moany Israelites. It's not exactly an easy ride, is it? John the Baptist, uh, he didn't make a lot of friends. And then he got beheaded. That's not a winner. Um, Gideon, he went to war a few times for following God. Job lost absolutely everything. Hannah gave her son away to the temple. I mean, she did pray that she would do that. So anyway, she, she had to give her son away to the temple. It's, it's not... It's not an easy ride following God, is it? I mean, Mary had a, must have had a fairly tough time trying to argue the whole virgin birth thing. It's not easy when we follow God. And there, there's plenty of room for doubt all the way through it, isn't there? There's plenty of room to think, you know, God isn't with me at the moment, or I've taken the wrong route, or uh, maybe I didn't even follow the Holy Spirit in the first place. Bible and Wamba. Oh, you've, you've lost it. Come on, people. Bible and Wamba. That's more like it. Romans 5, 3 to 5. Got it over there? Have you actually got it? Or is he still looking for it on his phone? Oh, it was a, he's nearly there. He's nearly there. Alan and the young people. Sorry, it's Alan, yeah, blame Alan. So we're on Romans 5. How you doing, Dee Dee? You got it? Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> Are you happy to go for it, Dee Dee? Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And the next one. That's fine. And it carries on saying, hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. 
There's this, this popular idea amongst Christians that uh, you know you're following God's guidance when the doors are open. And <laughs> there, there is some truth in that, but I don't think we should hold on to that as the only way that God guides us. I mean, just look at that job down south that I gave you an example of. All the doors were wide open, but it wasn't the right thing for us to do. Sometimes, uh, if you truly believe that you are following what God wants you to do, you've got to smash down a few doors. You've got to really work hard at it and push through some barriers if you believe that you are following what God wants you to do. And likewise, if you're in the, in the middle of uh, doing something, if you're in the middle of you know, being somewhere that you believe God wants you to be and things start falling apart, you could think, well, that's God moving you on. But actually, sometimes... You need to persevere through all, the, all of those struggles and those difficulties. You've got to keep on falling back onto believing that you are where God wants you to be. There's a, a guy who I've only met quite recently, but he's a, a, wise, he's a wise guy. <laughs> he's, a, he's a wise um, friend of mine now. And he, uh, he said you know, it's biblical to set up an altar. Um, when God tells you to do something, you know, back in the Old Testament... They would put a pile of stones there to say, this is when God told us to do that crazy thing, whatever it was, so that we can come back here and we can remember, yeah, he did actually definitely tell us to do that. We're not, not making it up. And, you know, at, at the minute, the job I'm in is, it's not all a, a bunch of roses. And I've got to look back to why I said, yeah, it's time to go for this job and I'm the right person for this at the moment. Um, and, you know, so that I can hold on to that. Because otherwise, if I just go on, you know, day to day then uh, if it all gets too much, I just walk away, don't I? But I believe that I'm where God wants me to be at the minute. But on the flip side of that, it's also okay to say enough's enough now. If, if it really is time to stop, then it's okay to say it's time to stop. We don't have to keep on pushing through if it's actually you know, detrimental or it's, it's causing... Uh, if, if it is time to stop, it's okay to be time to stop. Now... We kind of like exact science, don't we? We like to have a, it is this way to go or it is that way to go. But in our experience, that's not always exactly how God guides us. Sometimes there's pushing against barriers that God hasn't put in place, but barriers that God wants us to push against uh, so that we can uh, suffer through them and learn perseverance and perseverance creates hope and what we just read. Um, Or sometimes it's okay to say enough's enough. What we've got to do is what God tells us to do in the Bible. And what God tells us to do is seek his kingdom first and his righteousness. And he tells us to always live by the Spirit. Now, we may push too hard against the wrong thing and we may push through and it's not the best way for us to go. Or we may take the easy path. But the truth is, and this is the truth that we need to know and we need to grasp, in our lives. The truth is that God is the same regardless. Whether you have in the past or whether at the moment you are going down a path that is not the perfect path for you, God is still the same. God is still holy. He is still loving. He is still your father if you've chosen to follow him. It's, his character, it, it never changes. He is always faithful to us. He is always loving. He is always there. We are still his adopted children. We've still got 
every blessing in the spiritual realm at our fingertips. He still loves us. He still forgives us. Now, there are consequences to choosing a path that might not be the best path for us. And we have to face those consequences, but we can ask for forgiveness where we need to ask for forgiveness, and we are given that forgiveness. But what we need to grasp is that it's not that God has got this one path and that he will leave you if you are not on that path. He is still there with us, no matter where we are. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. What I'm not saying is it doesn't matter. You can just do whatever the dickens you like. It's not that. We still should seek God's guidance. We still should seek to follow him and walk the way that he wants us to. But if we have got it wrong, he's not just saying, that's it, stuff you, I'm off. He's still there with us. He still loves us. He still forgives. He still picks us up and says, maybe you shouldn't have gone that way. Let's try again, shall we? Um, Listening to the Holy Spirit and um, listening to his leading and and praying in the Spirit and all of the things that we've been talking about over the last week um, is a matter of knowing him. And there's so much in the Bible to tell us what the Holy Spirit is like. Um, he's our comforter. He reassures us. He, a uh, couple of verses, call him an advocate, which um, just means he talks on our behalf to God. Um, but knowing him is knowing the word that he inspired himself, and it's there in front of us. It's kind of taken the guesswork out of listening to him and leading him, uh, listening to him and letting us be led. Sorry, I'm getting a bit um, lost. (laughs) He's taken the guesswork out of it because he's given it to us in his word, which he inspired, and he's given us himself. So spending time with him and with his word has taken the guesswork out of it. We've got it there, right in front of us. Um, I think Ashley referred to a verse, a verse a few weeks ago about um, how the Holy Spirit talks on our behalf. Um, it's in uh, Romans 8.26, which says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And I think that is so amazing. Ashley touched on that a bit, and it, it talks about how the Holy Spirit um, presents all of our mumbles and jumbles to, um, in front of our Father like amazing perfume, and God understands it. And I was drawn to another verse as well. It's in um, John. Let me just find it quickly. Oh, actually, Bible Mwamba. <laughs> That's a bit pathetic again. Shall we try it again? Bible Mwamba. <laughs> uh, John 14, verse 26. She's still scrolling. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Thank you. Yeah. 
He is our helper. He does reassure us. He is our advocate. And actually, it made me think that it's the other way around as well. He's not just working on our behalf to make everything presentable to the Father. He's working on the Father's behalf to make sure that we remember how to live. We remember who he is. We remember that the teachings of Jesus and the promises of Jesus are for us. So it just, it just got me thinking that actually he's a translator for both sides, in actual fact. He, just, he works on both behalf. He's an advocate for the Father. He's an advocate for us. And actually, he's there to remind us. He's there to nudge us. He's there to teach us. He's there to challenge us and poke us in the right direction. But it's always pointing towards God. And that is there for us if we spend time with him and in his word. Yeah. Thank you. That's it. <laughs> uh, just um, as well as knowing that, we've also got to know ourselves, haven't we? Um, we have built-in characteristics that, that are strong in ourselves, and some of those characteristics line up with God's characteristics, and some of them don't, and we can all look in our own lives and see... Uh, which ones fall into which category? Um, integrity is something that's really important to me. Um, I like to do what I say I'm going to do. I, like, I don't like to let people down. I like to be consistent in who I am. Uh, so, you know, if somebody asks me to do something that goes against what I believe is the right thing to do, it really wrenches in me and I've got to listen to that wrench because that wrench is from the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's God saying that's not what you should be doing. One of my uh, other characteristics is fear and that's one that does not come from God. Um, and I've got to be knowledgeable, I've got, got to be aware of that as well and aware that that can kick in. Um, and you know whatever it is that, that we have as, as our sort of slightly more negative characteristics that, that we recognize in ourselves, whether it's pride or it's fear of re- rejection or, um, you know, fear of failure. It's always, it seems to be a lot of fear in there. But anyway, whatever it is, we've got to be aware of those. And I'll just share a, a quick little story of how uh, that came about once. Um, I was walking on a very rainy uh, evening, sort of about six o'clock in the evening in the winter, uh, along a street in York through one of the the big city gates, the medieval gates. And I, I came across a lady who was obviously, she obviously didn't have a, a home. Um, and she was sort of sat there just trying to keep warm. And I, I knelt down next to her and I had a, a bit of a chat with her, um, just asking how she was doing. Offered her a sandwich and she said, no, I'm all right, thank you. I've been offered one by someone else and taken that up, so don't want another one. Um, and, uh, you know, just chatting to her, her name was Pat. Um, anyway, I just asked her, where are you sleeping tonight? And she said... Uh, Well, I I sleep wherever I can find somewhere dry. But this morning, um, the place where I stashed my sleeping bag, I went there, and it wasn't there. Um, And I'm not going to look good in this story. I just have to warn you. Um, uh, I I said to her, I sort of finished off the conversation in a, I really hope you find somewhere nice to sleep kind of way, and started to walk off. I got about 10 paces, and then I just had this thought you could buy her a sleeping bag. Like, there's a bit of a delay with me listening to God, I think. He probably was saying it while I was knelt down next to her. But anyway, I only heard it a few paces on. And I, at that moment, I knew that's the thing I've got to do. I've got to go and buy her a sleeping bag. So the thing to do is to turn around, walk those 10 paces back, and go and say to Pat, 
I'm just nipping off to buy you a sleeping bag, or would you like to come with me to pick you up a sleeping bag? I didn't do that, because <laughs> uh, fear kicked in, and I started thinking things like, uh, what if she says no? Uh, or what if we get to the shop, and the shopkeeper says, you can't come in here, you're looking a bit mucky. Or what if the shopkeeper, what if she picks out a 300-pound sleeping bag and I haven't got that money? All these fears just jumped into my head. So I turned around, I went to the other side of the road, I walked down, sort of like this, um, <laughs> walked all the way down to Black's, went into Black's, picked out a decent sleeping bag, went and bartered with the, uh, <laughs> the shopkeeper and got a bit of a discount on it, bought the sleeping bag, walked back out holding the sleeping bag to walk up to her and say, here's your sleeping bag, got to her and she'd gone. And I just thought, what the heck, Simon? What are you doing? And it was just because of that fear that had kicked in. And if I just listened to the voice of God and not to that inner voice of fear, then she would have had a warm sleeping bag and I wouldn't have spent two hours walking around in the rain looking for Pat. (laughs) I ended up spending about two weeks calling up uh, different hostels and different churches who I know work with different people and you know bumps into loads of other homeless people. Do you know Pat? Where where is she? In the end, I ended up leaving it at a hostel and they said she's definitely going to be back here at some point this week, so we'll get it to her. So I trust that she got it. But it was two weeks too late. She was already cold and wet and she might have already had another one by then. Just, we've got to know that voice that is not from God and know when to ignore that and Yes, it might mean that she, she could have laughed in my face and said, don't be stupid. Or she could have said, thank you very much. But that's not up to me to decide, is it? I should have just followed what God had said to do in the first place. I think we're finished. All right. What are you doing then? Um, we purposefully left a bit of time to have to respond um, just to what the Holy Spirit's um, saying to you right now. So I was going to ask if the band could come back up and we'll just spend a few moments preparing, uh, responding. <laughs> um, so I don't know, Mark, if you want to pray specifically to get us um, started. Thank you very much, everyone. It's, uh, it's not, not easy being vulnerable in front of friends at all, and uh, thank you. Thank you especially to Hannah, because she went way out of her box. Simon was still in his one, I think, yeah. just about. <laughs> but no, I really appreciate that. And uh, just to hear, at one level, the normality of life, isn't it? But also to hear people who make choices and decisions and... Uh, and that's what God is calling each one of us to do, is to respond, to follow, to listen to that voice within us and to follow it and to respond. Uh, what Simon just shared there at the end, not to let fear hold us back. 